Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy, happy Thursday morning. It's time for another LBP. Today, I am joined by my captain, my co-host, the man who puts the NAS in the business. Welcome to this fine morning. Ian, how are you doing in San Diego? Doing very, very well. If you guys stick around to the end of the episode, we'll share some obvious stuff about your browser that you should know and we just found out. But first, the shouts, the news. You are back in the USA. Sad times. What's going on back in California? Sad times indeed. Uh, I wouldn't say sad times necessarily. Working with our crew here in the office, uh, in our California office. So having a great time actually doing that. You just can't get out of the hustle. One of the things we're working on is a home exchange. Um, explain how that works a little bit. Yeah, there's all these sites. Uh, so we've got this wonderful place in Bali. A uh, three-bedroom house if anybody wants to run it out from us. And basically what you do on these home exchange sites is you put your house up there and you see uh, if people on other sides of the globe want to rent your house from you or exchange your house, I, I should say. And uh, this is a phenomenon that's been going on for a long time. I think the wealthy um, might have started doing this, I guess, with vacation homes. What do you mean but like uh, middle-class kids from the East Coast? We don't know about home exchanges. Right? Yeah. You have to put your pinky up when you say it, I think. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to put our house up on a home exchange site. I think we have to pay uh, an annual fee, which is a pretty good idea on their side. But So we're going to put it up and we're going to see what we can get. We're thinking uh, Singapore. We're thinking Europe. We're thinking we don't know where we're going to go. It's going to be cool, whatever it is. Uh, thank you to Aaron. This nickname is taken five stars, baby. I'm going to read this because this is an example of awesome copy. Relevant, actionable, and a hell of a lot of fun. Dan and Ian have set a high standard in the genre with the refreshing rapid fire, no BS approach to location independence and entrepreneurship. I look forward to Thursday releases of the LBP like Saturday morning cartoons when I was a kid with greedy, anxious anticipation. That's wow. awesome. Speaking of shouts, we got an email from Bob Bradley at the Wiley Manager, I would say, just-in-time management advice. He says, Dan and Ian, my business partner and I at Wiley Manager are both firmly middle-aged. Mid-40s, we have wives, children, bona fide, real responsibility, and we have not chosen to buy into the myth of security of working for an employer. Um, So basically, I'm sure there's a lot of dreamers out there in the same demographic as me that listen to your podcasts. Let them know that spouses and children are not the reason to do what you really want to do. Awesome email. Yeah, that's great. That's inspiring. I think there are a lot of people in that position uh, that are uh, that are not just kind of taking it the way that it's supposed to come at that age. So I'm impressed, Bob, because I can barely, I can barely uh, dress myself in the morning. So if you were to, like <laughs> add a spouse and children, like I would be a wreck. Like just one little business is enough for me. <laughs> well, great yeah, job, was talk- Bob. <laughs> Good luck I was with your business. Move from that. Yeah, it's like I was talking to my buddy today, and he's like. Uh, I was like, yeah, I, I eat out every meal. And he's like, yeah, I got a family. It would cost me 40 bucks. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ass. <laughs> 
<laughs> David, there's this day in Bali tomorrow where uh, you, you literally cannot leave the house. It's against it's against the rules. You cannot leave your house. So, you know, Bali has all these traditions and stuff. And so we're kind of going brain dead here. It's like, well, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to shop for food? Like, how does this transaction work? David just comes back in the house with $40 worth of groceries for one day. It's like, just like, not operate like a normal human being. You remember, uh, you remember snow days on the East Coast? It's like, if, if everybody knows it's going to snow, you go to the supermarket, and it's like, there's no shovels, there's no milk, there's no toilet paper. It's like, you never know how long you're going to be locked down. <laughs> Actually, you do, exactly 24 hours. Earl says, great site and lots of good t- content, guys. I run an e-commerce store called tailpetsupply.com, and I was wondering if you had any tips for SEO. Thank you, Earl. All right, we do have some tips for SEO. We are in the pet industry. Here's what I'd say. Everybody can go to Tail Pet Supply and give Earl their feedback in the comments. But what I would say, Earl, is first off, you need to put a three to four key term phrase that you're targeting in your H1 site title. Um, That's the most important thing, and you want to focus on that key term throughout your front page. So maybe you could say, buy quality dog products at Tail Pet Supply. Quality dog products might be kind of difficult to rank for, so you want to do your keyword research on that. Number two, your top menu bar right now, it says like dog, fish, cat. You want to get rid of that and focus on three to four key product landing pages like dog, wood dog houses would be a good one, for example. And on that page, you have the definitive page on the internet about wood dog houses with 2,000 quality words of content, photos, videos, and your product line. And finally, I would either read our post, How to Do SEO the Lazy Way. We'll link up to that on the Tropical MBA. That's just a rip sheet that you can send to your VAs. It costs us about, eh, depending on how many domains you have, just for one domain, maybe about 70 bucks a month to, to deploy that strategy. Or you could also sign up for our private link network. I think we have like two spots left. So if anybody wants to do that. What do you think about the pet industry, Ian? You know a couple things about it. Rumor has it you own a cat furniture company. Oh boy, pet industry, man. That is, uh, that's 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 rough, man. That's rough. Um, you know, I think uh, you've got a good-looking site here, Earl. Uh, but I think it looks like 50 other sites that I saw yesterday. Um, we are in this industry. I think uh, Dan's advice is uh, sound. I think you do need to niche. I think that would be my approach for you. Uh, I think these these sites, um, you know, we okay. So we sell uh, cat products. Uh, we used to sell a lot through sites that look just like this, through independent retailers. Now we sell more through larger sites like Wayfair, Brookstone, PetSmart. And these sites are kind of falling by the wayside because Wayfair has got deals with everybody. They got deals, deals with Sears.com, Walmart.com, and a bunch of other places that most people shop. So unless you're going to do something niche, um, which I think you should, I would kind of uh, reconsider your approach here. You know, it says referred by wagging tails everywhere. That's sort of your your tagline. And, you know, it doesn't give me a reason to stick around on the site. Like Ian said, we've seen 50 to 60 other sites like this. We deal with them every day. What I would do is look at your best-selling product. I would just 80-20 the crap out of this thing. What are they? And I would say, you know, find the benefit that's most appealing out of your product line for anybody and make that your tagline. Because that's what's going to get people to stick. And then, of course, you can add them, you know, add-ons if that's 
uh, funky saltwater fish tanks or whatever at under 50 bucks, if that's what it is, put it in the tagline. Get me in at that and then build out my customer profile. So it's like, oh, you like funky fish tanks? Well, you're probably going to like funky fish food, man. And then that's how I would start to build it out rather than having this kind of general store. It's like I always think of it as a pyramid, Ian. Like people think of e-commerce like it's like the broad edge of the pyramids at the top. Like we're pet supply. And then once you get on there, you niche them down until they check out. And it's like, I've got funky fish food at the bottom. I think if you're just getting started in business, you need to invert that pyramid and have the point at the top. And it's like, get in with funky fish food and exit with a cart full of a bunch of products. Agreed. There's a, and that's a, that's really good feedback. And I think there's a lot of problems in the pet industry that need to be solved. And there's a lot of people working on it. Uh, you know, like for example, shipping uh, dog food, it's really heavy. Uh, and fairly expensive, so people are working on that. So, you know, I'm not sure how much uh, experience you have in the pet industry, but there's definitely a lot of problems to be solved. So I would pick a couple of those problems. All right, Earl, let us know how it goes. Man, Manuel writes from Berlin, apparently one of the most happening spots in Europe right now. He says, I want to relate, I want to relocate to Southeast Asia, maybe Chiang Mai. What is the best place to set up my business? It's not, it's not Thailand. That's for sure. You're not going to want to set up your offshore entity in Thailand. It's not going to be the Philippines. It's expensive. It's complicated. There's a lot of advantages. But when you're just doing a startup, it's easy to go to Hong Kong or Singapore. Why? Zero corporate tax rate. If you can prove you're living in Thailand and doing business outside of Singapore or Hong Kong, you got a global reputation. It's easy to deal with. PayPal integration, reliable court system, fair, cheap, and easy, just like Ian. Oh, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Let's get moving on to the meat and potatoes. Today, we're going to talk about tropicalworkforce.com and the idea of running internships. We've run nine or ten internships now, and we've made a, a crap ton of mistakes. We've had a lot of big wins. Yep. We've seen a lot of our friends run internships now, and I think we've got five tips for running a successful internship um, we've got a couple big players launching internships this week on Tropical Workforce. Um, and so what we're trying to do, Ian, is is guide everybody who's on that site to give internships in the most successful way possible. And there's just a lot of things that don't work. And so we're going to do a real quick fire here, the five quick tips if you want to run a successful internship. Number one. Yes, I am uh, real quick here. I'm really excited about these five points because of a few things. One is I think it's really important for us to articulate how this internship works. And we're just hanging out with one of our buddies in the Philippines, older guy, very established, um, successful business. And uh, we're trying to convince him to run one of these internships. Um, and I think we try to convince a lot of people to run these internships. And the reason is because it's been so impactful for our business and the people that are the interns at the time. Um, and I think it's like one of these things, like these these mentor uh, relationships in a lot of ways. Um, for us, it has been some of that. But I, I think for our buddy, it could be more of that because he's older. And uh, so I look back in my life and I know, Dan, you look back in your life and these mentor um, kind of relationships and how meaningful they were to you. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the a lot of the reason why people are um, apprehensive to have uh, or to um, host these internships is because they don't feel like they have a lot to offer. Yes. And uh, I feel like that's a hurdle that we've kind of got over. And uh, once we got there, we realized, hey, we can uh, we can teach people what we know, and it's uh, really meaningful to uh, those people. so yeah, it, It's amazing that, that people with such successful businesses can have such a, a complex about it. But I think part of it is just, hey, you know, 
put it out there. Put out there your opportunity. Be transparent about what it is you do in your business and let the intern decide whether they want to come and work for you or not, you know? And I think you're going to be surprised if you have a business up and running uh, how much people want to be a part of that. So let's get moving on. Five quick tips. This is how you do it. Number one, you pay them. Uh, We have done a lot of experimentation with free internships. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It's not sustainable. Um, People can't focus on on the work because they have to worry about making a living. And I think these kinds of free internships, you know, they're really, everybody thinks it's a great idea for like four weeks until it just fizzles out into nothing. Yeah, it's a little bit, I I think if you're hiring an intern, and this isn't really our model, but if you're hiring an intern that's in college, um, that sometimes works out for free, but all the internships that we've run in our business that have really helped grow our business have been paid. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to write a big check every month, but for us that means you know covering overhead expenses and then also cutting a check. So there's ways to dice it. Um, you know, in, our, in our business, it means uh, opening up the Bali house to people. Uh, number two, and this is related, make it full-time. Because, you know, we, we, so then as we kind of scale it up, it's like, well, maybe we'll just pay them like a little bit and then like they can do half of their business and like half of our business. And, or maybe the promise of the internship will be like, I'll help you start your own business. And all that stuff didn't work as well as just saying, you know what, you're going to come, you're going to be the right hand person here and you're going to get this thing off the ground. This is going to be an opportunity for all of us and we're going to put our best energy into it. Yeah, we have done it both ways, right? We've done it part-time and we've done full-time. And without a doubt, I would say every internship going forward for us is going to be a full-time gig. And that really works well because everybody's focused and kind of on the same track toward end goals. And, you know, here's the thing. It's like we're not draconian about this at all. You know, everybody's like all of our, I think most of our employees have personal blogs and they have like little niche sites out there and everything. But if it ever becomes a point in time where it's like, you can tell them that their heart is there, their passion is there, and, and really they see the biggest opportunities in their own business. It's like either we become investors, we give them you know, best wishes, support them in any way we can, but get them focused on what's going to make a difference. And you, you got to have that full time, like my heart's in it to win it, focus if you're going to make changes. And I think early on in the process, you know, we wanted to... You know, we weren't. We lacked a little bit of confidence about the opportunity maybe. We wanted to try to cut some corners. And it just doesn't work that well. Um, it, it sucks when you're really invested in, in bringing projects to fruition and you kind of got half stacks, as you affectionately call right. them, trying to help you. <laughs> Number three, create a community around the idea. You know, even if that's just the two of you, uh, I think it's a Will Smith song. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just the two of us. Would it would it be <laughs> would it be against terms of service to uh to play that song in the background right now? I don't know how much time you have, podcast editor. But you know, give them something to opt into. In our case, we give scholarships to the Dynamite Circle. Uh, we we throw parties and meetups around the world. We're always going to meet our interns. We're bringing them into our house. Um, we're making sure that they connect with our friends. Um, you know, so, you know, there's all kinds of opportunities for them to sort of opt into a sense of the lifestyle of, of what it means to be a part of your company. Yeah. And, uh, for us, everybody that's been an intern, I think that's been one, if not the biggest benefit, uh, for them 
being an intern is actually being part of the community. So <laughs> a couple of times it's happened that we've had people apply and it's like, hey guys, you know, I'm way over qualified for what you're looking for, but I just want to come hang out with you and be a part of the community. And I think that's what, that's uh, that's a lot of people's ambitions with this, at least in our experience. And so uh, that's a huge benefit. Number four, present them with big challenges. Put them in charge of big goals for your business and task them with getting it done. I mean, that's the magic of the opportunity of the intern for the entrepreneur, which is, you know, with businesses uh, like our publishing business, Ian, you know, you're putting somebody in charge of it and you're saying, you know, we trust you to do this. Like, this is something that you can achieve. And, you know, normally you wouldn't be able to put somebody in charge of a situation like that, except if you had an extra $50,000 laying around annually. But the opportunity of something like Tropical Workforce is like you have an extra $1,000, boom, let's get this thing started. Task that person with the startup situation and then, you know, either offer them, you know, you can do this a bunch of ways, you know, equity is a possibility depending on the personalities, bonus incentives for sure, fast, you know, reviews and, and, and escalating pay scales, uh, you know, developing opportunities, uh, you know, I think what you got to do is present them with an exit plan, you know, like these businesses evolve so fast that imagine if you can get somebody in for a thousand dollars a day and 16 months later they're making double, triple that and they're poised at the top of an organization that has huge opportunities. The alternative of having to wait until you have an extra 50 grand a year is rough. It's rough. Yeah. And so I really think that that's the opportunity here for people. And, and when, so when you bring somebody in, it's not, look, this is $1,000 a month and you pour me coffee for six months and then we'll talk about it. This is, right. very, this is very much like we're structuring this. This is going to be an opportunity here. Right. And you throw them into to a position where they can actually make an impact. I think that's the important part there. So in the fifth tip, we're going to talk about some of the best practices that have created accountability for us. Because, you know, one of the challenges for us is we've got 13 people running around in different locations. It's kind of tough to keep tabs on everything and still be creative, do the hard work yourself. So uh, the three pieces of process that have worked really well for us is, number one, Friday reports. Um, everybody on the team delivers a report format to us, results focused. And that's awesome for me because that way I don't have to sit around and be copied on every freaking company email all day long. Um, like a lot of a lot of bosses end up just being copied on everything because they just want to see everything. Right. And, and with it, higher level interns, like you can get a tropical workforce, like these people are smarter than Ian and I combined and then add some brain power on top of it. So it's like just they can handle the day-to-day themselves. And so all we need to see is the Friday report so we can kind of guide the direction or make some judgments here and there. Exactly. I, I love our Friday reports. They're so helpful for me. Everybody um, generally gets copied on them and everybody does them, even uh, the interns. It's a, great, and so, it's a great exercise for the interns too because they're accounting for like the key metrics in our business. So that process makes them look at like, okay, I was busy all day long. I was like working all week long, but did I do anything? You know, did we accomplish anything together? And I think that's a great thing to get them thinking about as well. Yes. And so just real quick here in the Friday reports, uh, just, I'm not sure if we've ever talked about Friday reports, but I just want to touch on it real quick. Usually there's a, what did I do this week? What am I going to do next week? And then kind of longer term goals. Uh, so it's broken down into three, three different categories. Yes. And very results focused. So, I mean, we're talking about revenue reports. Like there's a lot of figures, percentage and dollar signs on these reports, which is very much, we're trying to, you know, make these things quantifiable. Another thing, not so quantifiable, monthly Skypes. For those employees that, you know, we don't have in our immediate proximity, 
we're getting on the phone every month with them with kind of like the idea of like these are you know we pay every month and so it's like all right well you're going to work again for us the next month what are we going to move forward this next month and that's closely related to our third point which is goal posts um, we very much set the goal posts in you know in four week uh, time frames and so there's the, that sort of weekly report but then there's also like look I want to get paid from you guys next month too so here's a big goal post that I'm gonna do and that's important when these people aren't five feet away from you in an office and they're off on some beautiful tropical island you want to make sure that there's a reason we're all gonna continue to work together for the next four weeks and that's where that Skype phone call comes in handy yes let's I think that's it I think those are the five yeah. key things that we've learned uh, maybe next week, once we get, uh, I think Chris Ducker is going to be putting up his, his, his opportunity I've read over it last night is awesome. I mean, it's, it's a truly amazing opportunity for somebody to change their life. Like, you know, to go from corporate schlub um, with kind of like a 15-year career track to the fast track. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. I met Chris Ducker for the first time when we were in the Philippines and we talked about building this uh, when we were in Starbucks. So seeing this come to life is going to be pretty cool. Yeah, and, and two of your favorite things, entrepreneurship and Starbucks. Let's get moving on to the quick tips, <laughs> tricks, and or funny joke section. Two really quick things. Number one, if you're in your Chrome browser, and this is you know for a tech, uh, you know I don't know anything about tech, but you can open up when you hit view element so you can see sort of the view source of the page you can see what's going on you can edit the CSS elements the styling elements of any web page and they immediately render and this is a mm. cool little feature especially when you're trying to update the design of a website you can demonstrate to somebody how their site would look if you updated CSS elements live well this has another this is very cool it's very cool and it has another side effect which is that a lot of developers make little CSX uh, hacks. So if you go to a certain website all the time and you want to make it look different, you can download little CSS hacks that change that site. So I just installed Stylebot, we'll link C up to that onto my Chrome browser, and installed a uh, plug or a little CSS switch called Clean Hacker News. Hacker News is one of my favorite websites along with the Dynamite Circle, that's where I hang out. And um, it looks much better. So it's just a cool little nice touch. Um, it's an improved design, and it's a fun thing to play around with. Look at you doing a little hacking on the weekends. Oh, I like yeah. it. I didn't actually hack it. I installed a plugin. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just want to mention briefly. Most of you guys use Gmail. Uh, I love the new design updates, but I was frustrated by the icons. Well, if you're not on a Google Apps account, you can now log into your Gmail settings and change those buttons back to text, just like the good old days. Well, it's been a good old day for us. Every Thursday morning, managed to stop uh, rapping about BS and actually turn on the recording software. For it's us. tough for us, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, Ian. Look forward to, well, we'll talk tomorrow, but we'll see you guys next week. Ciao. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything.